What's good, everybody, and welcome to another episode of What's Good Games Live, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Monday morning at 11 a.m. Pacific time right here at twitch.tv slash what's good games. Oh, nailed I'm it. I'm Andrea Renee. Oh, wait, what was that, Brittany? I said you nailed it. You just Thanks, but you interrupted my flow. <laughs> I have flow going. You're supposed to, flow is supposed to continue. I was but a mere little pebble in your river of flowness, and you're supposed to just hurdle it and keep on going. But then the people watching are like, yo, look at Andrew just straight up ignore Brittany Brombacher. Uh, you Welcome don't have to, to the respond show, to everything. You know, it's... That's true. It's the internet. Yeah. And our very special guest, Mary Kish is here. Welcome back Yay! to the show, Mary. Thanks for having me. I remembered, I think I was maybe your first guest ever on What's Good Games ages ago. Um, yes, you, you were. really grown and accomplished so much since that last time. So it's really cool to see what you guys have done. It's awesome. Thanks for having me again. Thanks, Oh, thank you. And Mary, thank you for a long time ago featuring us on that fantastic show, The Setup, on Twitch, and of course inviting us to go to TwitchCon. That was super fun. It's really crazy to think about how much our setup has actually changed (laughs) since that episode came out. Yeah. Um, And just how much we've done more in the streaming world since then. It was my pleasure because actually when it comes to setups, there's a huge range. The whole point of the setup was to basically be like, not every um, amazing streamer has this crazy amount of money or this like uh, ungodly amount of setup stuff, like tech stuff. Um, some people do it with um, books as their monitor raisers, right? Like we're, we can all start mm-hmm. somewhere and grow. Um, but you, I considered one of my higher end, someone who had a studio, you had sound baffling, you had like all this stuff and it was really cool <laughs> and you would go through all of it and you knew every piece, you knew the hardware specs, you knew um, where it came from. It was just really neat to see like your knowledge of your own materials because you obviously had like had to deal with it with your own two hands. And that's really neat too, because that is a reality of people who live stream is kind of showing how the sausage is made. It's not just the fact that you're able to be here saying hi to everybody at home, but like there's just an ungodly amount of wires underneath this setup that you guys don't (laughs) see. You know, you don't see all the crap that I haven't decided to show you yet to make sure that this exists, but it's, it's very difficult. Yeah. Amen to the wires and cable <laughs> management. Right now, mine's not quite where I want it to be because I haven't quite figured out um, the final of um, what I want the setup to be. I keep moving cables around. So once I get it locked in, the management of the cables will be in. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. What is this mug that you have? Can we take a look at that? Sure. This is... Um, look at how cute that mug is. This was our pride mug for Twitch this year. Um, unfortunately, due to quarantine, we weren't able to sell these, but um, we had certain made uh, for people who are like advocates for LGBTQ initiatives on Twitch, and we sent them to them. Um, so that was really cool to do. That is super awesome, and I'm jealous. I kind of want one. I love them. (laughs) I I wish I wanted to go back to normal so that we can give them to people. It's so difficult to send T-shirts out. Do you guys have those issues, too, like being able to, like, send out swag or, like, any of that stuff? (laughs) Well, the only (laughs) swag that we send every month is our postcards, and because of the nature of postcards um, and mail, we don't have the same concerns about – you know, shipping, manufacturing, sanitization, all of that. 
uh, which is really great for us. But no, we don't have we don't have regular swag that we're sending out. But I can imagine it's the headaches. Us. A lot of the suppliers that we've worked with have had to spend a lot of time getting back up to speed, implementing sanitization, social distancing in their warehouses, all of that. So our supplier Teespring, who we work with. Um, actually just emailed us like last week saying we're finally back up to full production. Yeah. <laughs> so reality um, for that sure. was exciting. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's absolutely. Total reality that we're facing right now. And it's like, it kind of like finds its way into the weird things of what we do. We love doing our t-shirts every year and we weren't able to do that. And the other day I bought um, a steak sandwich and it was like, Twice as expensive, and they had a note saying beef is more expensive right now, so good luck. And I was like, holy crap. Like, wow. No things like that. I remember that story coming out back in like April or maybe it was early May when they were talking about how so many of the meat processing plants in the United States had been hit and had been, you know, shut down or temporarily shut down and had to implement all of these new procedures. And that they said about now is when meat would start to become more expensive uh, right during the height of yeah. summer grilling season and that's it's just you know unfortunate byproduct of the pandemic so enjoy your proteins it's a great opportunity to eat less meat everybody that's right but I digress because we are here to talk about video games. And Mary, we have a packed show of news today. And of course, we're going to be talking with Mary a little bit later on about what she does at Twitch, what she does on her Twitch channel. So if you guys haven't submitted your questions, you can write them in at whatsgoodgames.com slash dearwgg. We'll also be trying to take some from the chat as well. But as you guys know, sometimes it's difficult for us to keep tabs on those as the chat keeps moving. So if you want to make sure we see it, what's goodgames.com slash dear wgg all right we have a few pieces of housekeeping Brittany, that i want to get to because this week is a big streaming week for us here at what's good games first up you guys i'm going back to kfgd this wednesday i will be hosting i think greg announced that today blessing announced it tim announced it somebody said that um, I'm excited to be working with my friends at Kind of Funny again, and it's not going to be nearly as much as I used to work on Kind of Funny because <laughs> there's just a lot of people at home hosting these days, so they are not going to need me to fill in as much as I used to, but I'm excited to be back working with them. And then later on on Wednesday, we're finally getting friend of the show Felicia Day is coming on to do an Animal Crossing New Horizons Twitch stream with me live at 1 p.m. Pacific. Mira, you're not really that into Animal Crossing, are you or are you i i played it a little bit but it's not really my jam personally i got really into stardew but um animal crossing is definitely for people who like um get like really stoked about making a dope house or like uh-huh. building their island out and i'm like someone who likes to fish so i fish and <laughs> i like it i like it <laughs> so Brittany saw- likes to fish irl yeah i do but, you know, I like to decorate IRL, but not Animal Crossing. So, Andreas, we saw your house, your Animal Crossing Island, on our Patreon stream recently. Have you done a lot of changes since then? Because um, it was really well, impressive, chat. I'm just saying, like, I, very thank impressed. Thank you. Yeah. I did do a lot of building yesterday. I added an entirely new themed restaurant. Oh. On my island, 
um, which I'm going to save for reveal on Wednesday. It's not quite done. I had to order a couple more pieces. And that nook, man, limiting me to five pieces a day is just cramping my style. <laughs> um, but I have a couple more things that I'm going to be um, judging. So if you did catch my most recent Animal Crossing stream, you have seen a lot of what's on my island since it was originally debuted during the IGN streams during their celebrity island tours. Mm. There's a lot more since then, but if you missed that stream, maybe just wait, don't go watch the VOD. Just join me at 1 PM. And then we're going to go visit Felicia's Island. Uh, Actually, we're going to start with visiting, visiting Felicia's Island. Um, And then she'll come to my Island briefly because I only have her for a little bit of time, but we were chatting on Twitter about how we both wanted to showcase updates to our Island since she was also on that IGN stream. And she's like, I've done so much since then. My Island is way better. And I was like, let's show it. So we're going to do that. And so I'm very excited. And then Brittany, we have a very special guest joining you on Thursday. Yeah. Zombie kills will be joining me for our Xbox live reacts Thursday at 9am. Oh boy. I love zombie kills. I actually oh think God. like we were talking on Twitter when that like whole introduction happened. She is our regular. Um, she came from Mixer. She is so awesome and she's so funny. Um, and she's like been on Twitch for like at least several months now and she's killing it. And she also like um, she's just a brilliant spokeswoman. She knows her stuff and she takes no shit. Are we allowed to say shit oh, on your yeah. show? Oh, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Swearing is allowed Swearing on, on What's no Good shit. Games. Have you met me, Mary? <laughs> it's all I do. It's all I know are four-letter words. I'm really excited. She has fantastic energy, and I think it's going to be a very hyped 9 a.m. stream. Yeah, she's great. Yes. And originally, I was supposed to be joining Brit and Zombie Kills, but instead, I'm actually going to be hosting for Twitch Gaming. Woo! Look at that. So I'm very excited about that. So if you guys want to watch us, of course, we'll be doing pre-shows and then watch-alongs and then a little uh, discussion afterwards. I'll have all of the links up. But uh, once Brit is, uh, once the Xbox showcase under is underway, you know, she'll be showing you guys the twitch.tv slash Twitch Gaming Showcase. So that is where we'll all be watching the announcements for Xbox together. You guys are and ideal then, for the Xbox showcase. It's such a good vibe for you guys. Yeah, well, we, I think, have a lot of high hopes uh, for what Xbox is going to reveal. It's been really challenging this summer with this, like, rolling summer of gaming thing that's happening where instead of it being E3 and it's like all of the announcements are all happening at once, it's like announcement, announcement, announcement. It's just like weeks and weeks. And so it's really hard to discern like what's really like punchy news and what's just like, oh, that's cool. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that we're going to get some really cool, some really cool reveals, maybe a price, maybe, you know, some Halo details. Oh God, yes. Give me the Halo. I've been marathoning the Halo games, ladies. That's been my new thing. I want to try to get Oh, through I was going to ask if you wanted to to do some of the Master Chief collection. Oh, yeah, girl. I'm on that Master Chief's ass. You started without me and didn't even bother telling me? Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so sad. She's so sad. Um, can, continuing on, on Friday, we will be featured Andrea and me. Andrea and me? I'm Andrea. Britt and me. 
That's what's happening here. <laughs> Listen, it's been a whole morning, everybody. Um, we'll be featured on Patreon's The Show Up. So this is a really cool show that Patreon does every week where they feature content creators across the platform in different verticals. And this week they're featuring gaming creators. And they asked if What's Good Games would like to be on the show. And we said, Avi, it sounds super fun. Um, and so we'll have the link for that on What's Good underscore games on Twitter as well. But that is happening, I believe, at 11 a.m.? 10 a.m.? I thought I wrote it down, but then I didn't. Um, it's sometime in the morning on Friday, and I promise you, we'll let you know. And then, last but not least, 10 a.m. This Saturday, Rihanna and I are going to be streaming right here at twitch.tv slash what's good games at noon. We haven't come to a conclusion about which game we're going to play yet. We've talked about Apex, we've talked about Hyperscape, we've talked about Warzone, Ooh. we've talked about a lot of things. We'll figure it out by Saturday, but she and I will be streaming together here at noon. You Saturday. should play Resident Evil 6. Mm, no. Well, <laughs> I, I to took my start. shot. Yeah. You missed 100% <laughs> of the shots you don't take, and you know what? It's fine. <laughs> but on a positive note, Brittany, I love this outfit. Is this a stitch fix? It is. It's a whole dress, Andrea. It's a whole dress. It's going to be a whopping 89 degrees here today, and it's going to get real sweaty. My legs are going to be sticking to everything I sit on. So I thought this would be a good uh, leg condom to protect the stickiness from occurring. Wow. Did you say leg condom? I, I did, and then I added the word stickiness in there, and then it got real weird. Um, it's a dress. It's a dress. What an ad for Stitch Fix. Why do they haven't sponsored us in a long time? <laughs> Shit. They're like, listen, they're just a little too weird for us. <laughs> she called our dress a sticky condom. <laughs> but it looks adorable. Also, Mary's dress is super cute, too. Thanks. It's um, also hot here. So that's yeah, why yeah. most of our That Pacific clothes. Northwest heat, right? Yeah. But you guys are normally not hot, right, in Portland? Um, no. We normally get, like, two weeks of summer a year, but it is hot right now. Um, there is heat coming in, and uh, we're dealing with it. I, I was able to, like, actually um, feel like it was summer for the first weekend ever, and that, that was awesome. It felt good. Nice. Oh, I love summer. All right. Okay, Brittany, yeah. can you handle this final piece of housekeeping before we actually get into the news? Absolutely. So we were on, on Funhouse Feud, and this was so much freaking fun. So if you go to Funhouse's YouTube, <clears throat> going through puberty, hold on. There you go. <laughs> Funhouse's YouTube page, you'll see it on there. It's Funhouse Feud with What's Good Games. And it was, a, it was a very fierce competition. We answered a lot of questions. I personally think a lot of our answers were very on point. It should have been awarded points. Mm -hmm. But it's not my fault those monsters don't wash their hands in the bathroom. And that's all I'm going to say about it. Yeah, it was entertaining and also surprising hearing what people were using as answers. Mary, if you were asked, what's a food that you eat with your hands? What's the first thing that comes to mind? Pizza. Mm -hmm. That was, I believe, the number one. Somebody, like, hit a button when I do it, like, that show. <laughs> Pizza mm -hmm. was number one. Sandwiches were number two. Do you remember what number three was? <clears throat> chips. Chips was number chips. three. Is that and then snacks count? And then because like the rest barbecue. of the answers, we were like, if snacks I think barbecue count, was in there. Now you're opening up a whole another world of like carrot sticks and pretzels and like. What about Mary? A food that goes chicken wings. Oh yeah, chicken wings. Oh no, Wasn't it was on not there. on there. Greg would be rolling in his grave if he were dead. If I were dead, I would have been doing flips, barrel rolls in my grave. That's messed up. That's not right. That's messed up. When you ask people, who did they survey? 
the monsters uh, on, around the employees. office. Yeah, monsters, all of them. Yeah, yeah. They don't Apparently, instead of French fries, which we thought was a win, that seems um, like a win. Ch- uh, chicken wings also wasn't on there. Um, they put sushi on there though. With your hands, savages. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you can eat sushi with your hands. It's perfect. It's actually more acceptable to eat sushi with your hands than with a fork, which you know some Americans do. But I would definitely not make my like top seven of food to eat with your hands. What's wrong with that office? <laughs> I know. They're yeah. weird. Anyway, it's a funny episode. Uh, if you guys want to watch it, as Britt said, it's on the Funhouse YouTube channel. All right. Without further ado, we have a crap ton of news to get to, everybody. So let's kick things off with Call of Duty. Bum, bum, bum. Guess what, everybody? There was another Call of Duty leak. Wow. <gasps> so- surprise. Shocking. Horror. Call of Duty Horror. leaks every year, you guys. <laughs> it leaks every year. Um, it just usually leaks in, like, April instead of in July. All right, so let me give you guys the details from our friends at Eurogamer. The Red Door pops up on the Microsoft Store, points to Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War Internal Alpha. So what exactly is the Red Door? It's popped up at the Microsoft Store, the bastion of video game leaks, and current speculation is it refers to Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. At the time of the article's publication, the Red Door was still live, and it includes a mysterious keyhole image as well as a cryptic description. There is more than one truth. If you go looking for answers, be ready to question everything and accept that nothing will ever be the same. The Red Door awaits. Do you dare step through? According to the page, the Red Door is an Activision shooter for Xbox One that weighs in at 81.65 gigabytes, and you can download it without a special code. So what is it? Well, this isn't the first time that they've spotted the Red Door. It popped up on the PlayStation database back in June with the words COD 2020 INT Alpha 1 in the content ID. Now, without content comment from Activision. We can only speculate as to the true nature of the Red Door, but seems clear that it's some sort of internal alpha for Call of Duty. Now, it's also worth noting that we're now in mid-July, and Activision has yet to announce this year's Call of Duty game. The mega publisher has never left it this late, but when you consider Treyarch is developing Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War for release just two years after its previous game, Black Ops 4... Uh, normally, just as an FYI, the developers get three years, and a whole year is a lot of extra time and makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, may factor in disruption according to the pandemic, and Activision's traditional plans were no doubt left in tatters with stuff like the alpha floating around as debris. I don't know if you guys remember, um, a couple months back, there was like chatter around... Um, the flow between the different studios that work on Call of Duty, and there was like some whispers about there being a disruption to the normal cadence of it trading off and on between the developers. So there has been an update to this story. Dad miners, of course, got a hold of these files. And how far down the rabbit hole did they go? Well, I mean, they're data miners. I'm not going to go into all the specifics um, as Eurogamer did and several other articles did. One, because if you are super into Call of Duty Black Ops lore in particular, you don't want to know. Not going to tell you, but it's out there for you. Um, But they found a lot of stuff, needless to say. So it looks like people have managed to download this from the Microsoft Store, which was supposed to be impossible. But apparently all they do is get to the splash screen of the game. And it's listed as a demo titled Call of Duty Black Ops CIA. Is that closed internal alpha or something else? Perhaps it's a nod to the CIA's involvement in the campaign. Perhaps both. Wowzers! 
I mean, this isn't super surprising. Like Andrea was saying, I think it was July? It was sometime in 2019. Kotaku put out an article and said that Sledgehammer and Raven were having some production issues, so Sledgehammer had to... Or sorry, um, Treyarch had to step in because the development cycle is usually Treyarch Infinity Ward Sledgehammer. And it all lines up. So this is obviously a thing. I gotta be honest, though. I was kind of disappointed when I learned that this was a Call of Duty game. I mean, of course it is. It's not surprising. But I thought the whole premise of the red door and that mysterious message just sounded kind of cool. I was like, ooh, what's this? And then it is, of course, a Call of Duty game, which is to be expected. But hopefully uh, in this one we'll get a single-player campaign, which all the rumors point to. Yes, we're getting that because Black Ops 4, if you remember, did not have a single-player campaign. So I really didn't play much of it. I need my campaign. I need the flashes and the bangs and the cinematics and the dramatic deaths. And then I'm, I'm with you. I loved Modern Warfare, and obviously Infinity Ward is a very different studio than Treyarch is, but I've always enjoyed Treyarch's campaigns, and I totally get why they decided to focus on zombies, because it's a big thing for Treyarch, and leaning into the narrative, because that almost felt like a campaign, but clearly, like, if you're not into zombies, or if you don't have a crew that you play zombies with, it's just not the same as a single-player Call of Duty campaign. Mary, what kind of uh, Call of Duty player are you? You campaign? MP? Both? Um, I stick to the campaigns. I found that the last few campaigns of Call of Duty have been actually really impeccably done. They've been incredible, and joys to play through um going to space like enjoying like just like how they've mixed it up recently has been really cool so i'd be quite interested in seeing where they take this i agree like i thought the red door as well would be probably something a bit maybe like new ip would be really interesting and would have caught my eye but you have to understand like this is their biggest franchise and if they are going to put marketing dollars on something they're going to put it on cod it's safe and it's going to do well so maybe they will mix it up. Maybe uh, this is coming to be a completely different version of it. Uh, maybe CIA stands for cats in Applebee's. Oh, my God. <laughs> Mary? Yes. Yes. Which I would I mean, play that I'm map. I'm down. I would play that map. <laughs> cats in Applebee's, the dramatic tale of catching rodents. Hopefully Applebee's doesn't have rodents. But if they did, I mean, hopefully, in there. hopefully not. So I don't, don't know, man. Applebee's to have rodents. <laughs> Lower your bar, ladies. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it is, it is Applebee's. Um, I do want to give a shout out. To, I see Zombie Kills is in the chat. Yay! Welcome. What's oh, up? hey, Good we were just you. talking about you. We were just talking about you and how you're going to be on the show on Thursday. It's going to be yes, great. Yes, girl. It's going to be me and you. We're going to kill it. I don't know if you're into morning drinking, but let's get those mimosas ready. <laughs> Let's go. Zombie is amazing, and she streams a lot on here. So if you guys are looking for um, another really dope streamer, you should click on her and give her a follow. She's really awesome. She she loves day drinking. Oh, we're going to do it. It's going to be fantastic. Let's go. And then I will join you afterwards. All right. All right. Next story. Microsoft to launch xCloud streaming free with Xbox Game Pass Ultimate in September. So this write-up comes from The Verge. Microsoft is planning to launch its game streaming service, currently known as Project xCloud, free 
That's right, free, free to its paying Xbox Game Pass Ultimate subscribers in September. The xCloud service will allow Xbox players to play games on their mobile devices and even start a game on their console and resume it on their phone or tablet. Game Pass Ultimate combines Xbox Live Access and Xbox Game Pass subscription, and starting in September, xCloud Games streaming into a single $14.99 monthly subscription. Microsoft is promising that more than 100 Xbox Game Pass titles will be playable on phone or tablets when the streaming service launches. And while they aren't detailing which countries it will be supported at launch, well, I'm sure we'll get that information in the not-too-distant future. The company has been building out its Azure data centers across the U.S. and in parts of Europe with Xbox One S Blades to stream Xbox games through xCloud. Man, I should have made it a drinking game for how many times I say the word X. I was just going to say that. <laughs> You'd be dead. X- I, I probably would be dead by now. Don't do that, kids. Um, the Xbox Game Pass Ultimate will be the only way to access xCloud streaming at launch, but it won't always be limited to Microsoft's top subscription tier. Now, while everyone accessing xCloud game streaming in September will do so through a phone or a tablet, Microsoft isn't detailing which devices will be supported just yet. The software maker has been involved in ongoing discussions with Apple's over the App Store policies that have prevented Microsoft from testing xCloud uh, with those iOS features with the same parity that you guys see on Android. I had been wondering why that was a thing. Yeah. Apple. It's your fault yet again, Apple. Um, but Phil Spencer did say, quote, we want to bring xCloud eventually to everyone, excuse me, to every screen that someone can stream games to. Right now, we're just saying mobile. There are discussions going on and we're working through things. We'll talk more specifically about which mobile devices through August and the September launch. Project xCloud won't even be the final name for the game streaming service. And then there's a quote about him saying it's not the final name. Um, And so what the name will be, who knows? Something with Xbox in the title would be my guess. (laughs) That's a good guess. It's getting ridiculous. Um, This is just like like Xbox makes Xbox Cloud for xCloud. Um, Box not included. (laughs) Xbox. Phil X Spencer. Box. Xbox. Yeah, exactly. Just like throwing Xbox Uh, in. I think that this is a giant win. I think Xbox has been super focused on being consumer first and consumer friendly and saying we want everybody to be able to play Mm -hmm. games in a more fair ecosystem. And I, I love that. And I think that this is a giant win. And I am super pumped that they announced this. I think we talked about this being like a great idea like months ago when I was like, you know what you should do, Xbox? And secretly behind the scenes, Phil was like, it's already planned. It is. Actually, at XO19, they did talk about how they wanted to incorporate streaming. Now, I don't know if that was the one we were all very drunk on Kind of Funny. Was that 2018? 2018. Okay. Because 2019, we did on our channel. Okay. Either way. No. Honestly, I don't, <laughs> I don't. Time is a flat circle. Yeah, the Moses are blurring together. <laughs> yeah, they all kind of kind of turns into one big drunken stream. It's a good time. Anyway, so because I was I was reading an article uh, and there was a quote from oh, some guy who works there. I'm sorry, sir. I don't know your name off the top of my head. Sorry. <laughs> some guy. sorry. Here we go. Uh, Kareem, and he was saying now in 2020 we will enable gamers to stream from the cloud Xbox games that they already own or will purchase. We will add game streaming service from the cloud to Xbox Game Pass. So they were. They were going on behind the scenes. But, you know, those little quotes, they can slip your mind from time to time. Anywho, 
I thought this was interesting, and I, we probably covered this, but I just didn't remember the number. As of April 30th, there were 10 million subscribers to Game Pass. And by comparison, although it's a different service, PlayStation Now had 1 million subs as of October of 2019. Granted, there's some like date differences there, but 10 million subs, man. Microsoft knows what the hell they're doing. That is a phenomenal deal. Dude, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate is dope. It's such a wonderful win for gamers. And every month I see so many people being like, thank God I have this service. Because you get so much game for your money. Um, It's really ideal for people who are consistent uh, video gamers or people who like to try before they buy. Um, people like me who are like, I'm going to play this at least for two days. I don't know if I'm going to like completely finish it. I'm a serial game non-finisher, but I will absolutely <laughs> play through this until like I have something else to, to deal with at work or a different game catches my eye. So it's really good for people who like to like touch lots of different games all the time. And I... I just have really enjoyed my Game Pass. And so to add more value to it is kind of, it's unexpected in my opinion. I thought this would be an add-on. So I just think they're doing a really great job. They truly, truly are. Phil Spencer said 90% of subscribers have played something they wouldn't have tried otherwise. And 40% are playing more titles than they did before owning Game Pass. So there you go, Mary. Scientifically backed. There's also some extra Microsoft news that we can briefly talk about, if you ladies would like to. Oh, uh, sure. Don't know if you heard the Xbox One X and the Xbox One S are stopping production. Oh, yes, I did see this story. So a statement to IGN, a Microsoft spokesperson confirmed, as we ramp into the future with Xbox Series X, we're taking the natural step of stopping the production of the Xbox One X and Xbox One S All Digital Edition. And they cited the development of its next-gen console, the Xbox Series X, as well. Oh my God, how many X's are we going to say in this effing episode? As well as continued support for digital services like Xbox Game Pass and xCloud as reasons. And then they decided to remove the 12 months Xbox Live Gold SKU from the Microsoft Online Store. So you can still get one or three-month Xbox Live Gold passes, but you can no longer buy the 12-month passes. They're gearing up, ladies. They're, it's happening. Is happening. Oh, Zombie Kill I think that this is the right call. It makes gaming so much more affordable, and we love affordability. Like, mm-hmm. this is what everybody says. 100%. Right? Yes. Yeah, but it's not surprising to see them taking down the 12 month Xbox Live Gold SKU. I mean, the consoles are they're around the corner, ladies. And I think it wouldn't be surprising to see them kind of just start selling Xbox Game Pass passes as opposed to Xbox Live and Game Pass separately, just sell it all as one and xCloud, just one pretty package. Well, I mean, it's interesting that you bring that up because, like, on one hand, I like the idea that you just get Game Pass and Gold together. On the other hand, I don't like that it's going to make it more expensive, right? Uh, Because Game Pass or because Gold by itself is only $60 a year Mm -hmm. and you can frequently get it on sale or you can buy it you know, discount cards. So if you're buying a a Game Pass subscription for 10 bucks a month, you know, that's more expensive than buying just gold for 60 bucks a month. So $5 more. Yeah, that's math. No, I- <laughs> well, if you're buying it, if it's $10 a month for 12 months, that's $120. Mm-hmm. But Game Pass comes with gold, doesn't it? You get Game Pass no, and what gold. I'm, what, what I'm saying is, like, because they've bundled them together, they're forcing you to get Game Pass. Whereas before, you didn't have to get Game Pass. If you're like, I don't use Game Pass. I only use my Xbox for, like... You know, Halo and Sea of Thieves, and then I right. don't need Game Pass. I see what you're saying. saying. You know, and then you're and yep. you're only paying for gold. Now you're being forced to buy the bundle. But they're making which the is deal more. so good, you can't refuse it. 
that's what I mean, happened. You're not wrong. <laughs> no, I'm with you that it's a it's a really great deal, and like maybe there's a piece of the the information that I missed that does you know address that concern of people who are like, listen, like I know that it's a great value, I just don't have that money to spend, yeah. but I want to still get gold. Is there a way for me to still get gold at that price? Um, and if somebody in the chat knows that information, please do let me know, and I'll see if I can find that out. But I mean, we're all on the same page that it is a great value. I just am like, that's a lot more money for people. Yeah, I think that's a fair uh, criticism. And it wouldn't surprise me that when the new hardware comes out, they will make um, something for somebody who is specifically only wants to have the online element because they, like you said, they just play Halo and they want to make sure that they can do that Mm -hmm. on their Xbox. And I think you have to respect that as well. So I don't think that it's probably their long-term plan to cut them out. But if I were to do marketing, I would heavily market the all-inclusive, all-in-one deal you can't refuse as opposed to, and also there's like an online thing you can do. Yeah. Yeah. Holly plays Halo, you get Game Pass, you get Halo Infinite day one. There you go. You should. It's true. You're marketing it. There you go. Just clip that out and make that the Halo (laughs) Infinite commercial for Game Pass. You're done. Um, I'm going to move a couple things around on the show notes here, Brittany, and kick it to you to give us a recap on what happened with the Nintendo Mini Direct. Oh, yeah. So last night, I think it was, what, 11 p.m. or so, Nintendo puts out this tweet. And they're like, join us tomorrow at 7 a.m. for a Mini Direct. <laughs> and to be fair, I thought they were very clear, very clear in their... Um, promotion of what they were going to talk about so i'm going to pull it up real quick because i want to read the tweet because as normal people got their hypes and their panties all in a bundle Uh, i mean it's nintendo that's what nintendo fans do they you know they set their expectations way too high and then they complain loudly on the internet that their expectations didn't get met (laughs) yeah it's pretty much what happened actually okay so here's the tweet on 720 we'll debut the first nintendo direct mini partner showcase a series focused on titles from our development and publishing partners partners we'll share a few updates on a small small group of previously announced previously announced nintendo switch games check out the full video release at 7 a.m so then everyone's like oh my god we're getting bayonetta and kingdom hearts and more mario news the mario remaster's coming it's like no it's not okay anyway this read (laughs) comes from Eurogamer. the long-awaited shin megami tensei 5 launches for nintendo switch worldwide in 2021 nocturne nocturne the third entry in alice's role-playing game series gets an hd remaster for switch coming in the slightly more definitive time frame next spring both were shown in action during today's nintendo direct mini and made up the bulk of its announcements. This uh, direct was 8 minutes and like 11 seconds. The other reveal of note was Cadence of Hyrule Season Pass containing three DLC slices, the first of which is out today. These three packs add five new characters, 39 new songs, and an additional story featuring Skull Kid, respectively. Cadence of Hyrule's second and third DLC packs launch before October, and if you buy them all via the Season Game Pass, you get some new Link and Zelda costumes. Upcoming high-res studios shooter Rogue Company and WWE 2K Battlegrounds were also shown... Now, Mary, does this get does this get you all fluttered in any way, shape, or form? No, there was just nothing in that <laughs> giant semblance of words that you had that made me feel really <laughs> stoked. And I also love how WWE 2K Battlegrounds was mentioned as it was there. Like, <laughs> what a participation trophy for you to add at the end there. No, it I mean, really was. My expectations were low and they were met. This was not meant to be like a big reveal. This was meant to be literally what they said, which is we have 
other people who uh, work on smaller projects or they're finishing games we've already announced and talked about. We're going to let them talk about it a little more, maybe show you a little bit more. And everyone freaked out because that's what they do. And yeah. we got back to Earth. Um, there's This is nothing anyone <laughs> should be mad at Nintendo over. Smaller games deserve love, too. These are, like, they have niche audiences. People love this stuff. Let them have their day in the sun. It just wasn't my jam. Exactly. Very well said. And I mean, what I am excited about, though, is Cadence of Hyrule. I'm surprised this game is getting DLC because it came out. Oh, well, gosh. When did that game originally come out? I don't even remember. But I really enjoyed Wasn't it. Was it spring last year? Uh, June 2019. So oh, about a year ago. It feels like forever, forever ago. But it's, I think it's exciting that they're getting new songs, the new characters, and the new story content. I really enjoy this, and it's co-op, which is fantastic. And if you can get past kind of like the little beat aspect of it, I think the beat movement of it, I really thought it was a fun Zelda game. And it's co-op, like I said. And that's it's very rare that we get co-op Zelda games. So I'm excited about that. But um, other than that, Rogue Company is not something that's ever really gotten me excited. It's a third-person online multiplayer shooter. And it's cross-play and cross-progression, so if that's a thing you're excited about, cool. And Shin Megami Tensei, that's never been a series I've familiarized myself with, and I'm kind of sad about it, because looking at these trailers and whatnot, I think it's something I would really enjoy. Mm-hmm. But uh, Shin Megami Tensei Five was actually announced in 2017, and now all we kind of got was this little like cinematic trailer, so I have a feeling that game is still a far ways away. But hey, if you created Persona, I'm going to try your shit. Persona's great. Go Persona 5. Thirsty Panda said that Nintendo was really smart to soften the blow in the tweet, LOL. And I, like, super agree, (laughs) which was, like, I feel like someone in Nintendo was basically, like, we should at least tweet before we say that we're having any kind of direct, right, which gets everyone really stoked, that we, like, say something, like, already announced, small, small teams, little projects, and do our best, and... Even that, like, didn't really do it, but it. I'm so glad they said that. Oh yeah, but that's just the thing is, it's so weird. Nintendo's so quiet, so quiet. Because you imagine in a world without COVID, you know, E3 would have come and gone by now. What would they have had in their pipeline? What would have been there? And obviously, I understand like COVID has put a uh, put a lot of things on hold. I understand, but it's just well, like what that Mario remaster? Are we still getting that? What's happening? What are you doing over there, Nintendo? I'm watching you. Britney's watching you. Be careful. Watching Look you. out. Lurking outside in your bushes. I'm not <laughs> um, doing that. Please don't Speaking of me. watching things, segue. Uh, the Day of the Devs 2020 showcase happened this morning. It started pretty early, so if you missed it, you're, you can still go watch the VOD, of course. And there weren't a ton of like big announcements that happened, but there were a couple that I wanted to highlight. Um, first up, musical group Kiro Kiro Bonito played a full-length version of the catchy Bug Snacks theme for the presentation, and then I Am 8-Bit announced that they are bringing that hit to a 7-inch vinyl made in collaboration with Young Horses, of course, the developer of Bug Snacks, and it's going to be tucked into a strawberry-scented scratch-and-sniff jacket. Yo. That's so cool. I love scratch-and-sniff shit. Bug Snacks. Whoa, whoa. Talking about Bug Snacks. That song slaps, everybody. It does. Slaps. It's good. Um, I did reach out to their PR person on Twitter, one Jean-Vive Saint-Ange, and said, hey, listen, that scratch and sniff jacket is pretty neat, but what about getting a plushie of the strawberry? Yes. Can make that happen? I want that strawberry plushie, really. I think she the premise of Bugsnax kind of disturbs me, though. 
There are these. It's fruit with eyes. Here we so go. Let's get like, into it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like. No, tell me. If, imagine if your fruit was living and breathing, which it technically is, but it just doesn't have humanoid features in it. So you don't really feel bad, like plucking a strawberry from its house and eating it. I think that'd be like the equivalent if I were to go to Andrea's house and make me like 50 times bigger, opening her roof and just reaching down and then like eating her and be like, all right, cool. Like, how would you feel, Andrea? You wouldn't feel great about that. And this whole game, it seems like it's about eating fruit that is animalized and then you become that fruit you know it's just kind of fucked up uh i mean yeah (laughs) yeah uh yeah it's definitely weird no no doubt about it i don't know (laughs) can i ask you something yeah how do you feel about viva pinata i've never played viva pinata and my wife won christine steimer i think that's one of the reasons we're gonna get divorced one of these days because I haven't played it. Well, imagine a game where there's really adorable, cute animals that are colorful and lively, and they're running around paddocks and having a good time, and then you beat them with the stick. And that's the premise of the game. That's just as equally fucked up. Here's the thing. You can't take things like pinatas and fruit and slap eyeballs on them and they're like, oh, violence, or we're going to eat you, huh? we're going to beat you with a stick. It's not okay. Yes, you can. They do well, it all the time. I mean, you can, It's very though. successful. Yeah. It's fucked yeah. up. It's fucked up. <laughs> but what about a game where you play a human that goes around entrapping cute creatures because Oh, I have issues with to... Pokemon. I have many issues with Pokemon. <laughs> She didn't finish it's not her right. argument. She knew. She no. She knew which game I was talking about. I know where you're going with that, and I am with you. I am all for the freedom of Pokemon. Those Pokemon that should not be sucking those little balls. It's terrible. You go to this huge, vast, open world. You capture a Rapidash, a beautiful horse, and you're like, "Live in this ball, bitch." That's terrible. And when I want you to come out, come out and fight. Now, Jason and I have had many drunken conversations about this. Why Pokemon is really messed up. There's a lot of it. I'm not perfect. Gaming. It's messed up. History with abusing cute and adorable creatures goes back to, like, the Stone Ages. Mario abuses the shit out of Yoshi. Oh, yeah. Abuses him. And there's even, like, levels where you have to kill Yoshi in order to get through. Like, probably one of them's going to fall. And you just discard him. Um, I think, like, Jeff Gerson has, like, a whole statement about this. It's They're just thrown away. They're just, like, waste creatures and that yeah. you abuse even though they're adorable. We're like consistently doing this to ourselves. Bug Snacks is just another stone in the bucket of us hurling adorable creatures into like pits of despair <laughs> for our amusement. And that's this is just another one. We've we've come this far. We have. It's a sad state, but you know this is where we are. Anyway, so I'm going to play Bugs We Max. are. I'm going to play it. Yeah, I'm going to play it too. <laughs> play the shit out I of I want you. strawberry arms with eyes. And we're all going to play. Um, another uh, announcement that happened this morning, Overcooked All-You-Can-Eat Edition is coming with cross-play multiplayer. So what that essentially means is it takes Overcooked 1 and Overcooked 2 and smashes them in to a game, and it's coming to PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X. And, of course, that means they also added online gameplay for Overcooked 1, because I don't know if feels like forever ago to think about how far away overcooked one was but it wasn't really that long ago but i guess because we usually only played it local i didn't realize that they didn't have online online multiplayer hmm. um but now they both will and it's essentially like a 
like a like a very light remaster uh, of these two games. I cool. Pers- so I personally yeah. felt like Overcooked One was amazing, and Overcooked Two was Overcooked One with more levels. So I'm interested to see them actually do something technically different. Um, so I appreciate this because I thought that Overcooked Two would have online, like you said. It's like it was surprising it didn't, quite frankly. Yeah, so I'm glad that they are working to add that. And I know that there was rumors about an Overcooked 3 announcement. Didn't we get an Overcooked 3 announcement? To Google. I thought so, but no? No. Nay. Maybe? No, the first article is Overcooked 3? Question mark, which is never a good sign. No, yeah, it's, it's a Reddit article. Yep. Definitely not a thing. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I th- there was rumors that we were going to get an Overcooked 3 announcement today, but instead it is the all-you-can-eat edition, so not a proper Overcooked 3, but maybe the next best thing. So I th- honestly think it's maybe a little too soon for Overcooked 3. I think that this is a good way for them to keep fans interested or get people in that maybe haven't played Overcooked yet. So if you want to get into screaming matches with your friends and family oh. about setting the kitchen on fire, Overcooked. No, thanks. Does this look like a man who had all he could eat? <laughs> Depends which uh, which character you are, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we do have a couple more quick announcements uh, before we wrap up the news segment. I guess I probably should have just tacked this onto the Xbox news. Uh, sea of Thieves has officially surpassed 15 million players. Ow. It's biggest wow. month ever. So Polygon wrote up just like a little blurb about it. So June 2020 was the most active month the game has ever seen with 3.3 million active players. The game launched on Steam at the beginning of June and has sold over 1 million copies through the platform. The Seafaring Pirate game has grown in popularity since January, attracting over 5 million new players in just six months. Boy, I can tell everybody has been sailing the seas in quarantine. <laughs> Since it allows players to explore seas and adventure around with friends, it's become a popular pickup during the pandemic. And we are excited here at What's Good Games, Mary, that they have announced that private servers are coming to the game. This so. is really, I'm really happy for this team. Uh, all that juice in chat says props to Sea of Thieves. None of us believed in it. Admit it. And yeah, I mean, at, in the beginning, remember how bare bones that game was? Remember all the issues they were having? We're like, oh, this is, yeah. uh, I don't know what. There's Isn't there a phrase like out of water, fish out of, I don't know. I was going to try to make a, 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 sea, a, a sea pun and I completely failed. Anyway, congratulations, Ru. I think this is great. You did it. I was wrong. I think it's really I... awesome you admitted that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We were very much excited at the beginning, and as Brittany mentioned, I think we just wanted more from the experience, and I'm glad that Rare has stuck with it and that Microsoft has continued to invest in this title because I think that they need more live service games that are family-friendly that are part of their first-party studios and aren't just like Fortnite you know, on the platform, and I like that Sea of Thieves kind of allows people to have a competitive edge but also allows people to you know connect with other players and do more fun and friendly stuff our biggest thing mary that we kept talking about we wanted was pve now they we know that they did like a brief like pve mode but that they don't have like dedicated pve servers and they don't have a dedicated pve mode and so i think private servers are a good step in that direction of like hey, it would be awesome if we could like make our own server where we make the rules and if we say like hey we're not killing each other on the high seas today uh you can do that but obviously if you're just in the regular matchmaking 
It can still get kind of bad. Yeah. But they did address a lot of the griefing issues that presented itself at launch. But, I mean, a multiplayer game is going to multiplayer. You're always going to get griefers. So Yeah, I think you are you hit the nail on the head, though, with saying, like, we're in a world where you can't really explore IRL. And so we're finding that players more and more are looking for long-term immersive experiences um, where they can socialize with their friends in an environment and not just for one day, but for months at a time and keep coming back and finding new ways to explore and new content. And that really did happen with Sea of Thieves. So it's like, this game isn't perfect. I had the same uh, kind of off-putting first experience where it was really buggy um, and it was kind of complicated in nature. It was like, where, what am I actually doing in this game? And then there's like the issue with like, just either like harassment or you know people like coming after you and so that can be um a negative first impression but the reality is is that if you can get a good group of people to have fun with you can spend hours and hours and hours in this and so you're seeing way more bang for your buck this is the new wow this is what people spend a little bit of money on and get an ungodly amount of content for and it's a lot of value so why not why not have those fun experiences i think it's a really sweet experience i had the same reaction when i played um dead by daylight the first time i was like this is a sweet game but it's probably not going to take off because it's asymmetrical 4v1 and it's weird uh but it blew up because you can play it every day for six months and not get bored because it's still really fun (laughs) So that's what people want. Like, if people are, like, thinking of new IPs right now, what you want is experiences where, like, four people can just sit there for months and do it. That's what we want. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Putting that game on Game Pass, man. Yeah. What she said. Yeah, Mary. Ooh. Um, I'm realizing that I forgot to mention at the end of the Day of the Devs blurb that there was over a dozen indie games showcased. Obviously, that was the bulk um, of what happened on the Day of the Devs showcase this morning. And the Muppets mm-hmm. made an appearance, huh? which was kind of fun. Huh. And I don't know why the Muppets made an appearance, but I don't really care. It was cool. They were promoting their new Disney Plus series, Muppets Now!, and, of course, you know, talking about video games with, with Jeff Keighley. So that's a thing that happened. If you want to take a deep dive into all of those indie games and see the Muppets. I do. Of course, like I mentioned, you can watch the VOD. Um, I want to kind of breeze through the rest of the news here so we can get to some questions. So you guys may have heard, tears, that Destiny 2 Beyond Light has been delayed. Oh, rip. <laughs> but it's okay because, you know, it, making games is hard and making games during pandemic is even harder. So Bungie did put up a little bit of a announcement explaining the decision on Bungie.net. And it says that they've made the decision to move the release of Beyond Light to November 10th. And as the first chapter in a new trilogy of expansions, Beyond Light is the beginning of a new era of Destiny 2. And I'm not going to kind of wax poetic of everything that we read here, but just to kind of skip to the meat of it, it says over the coming weeks, we'll be unveiling more of what we're working on for Beyond Light and what that means for Season of Arrivals, which will now extend to November 10th. Beyond Light sets the stage for an incredible future in Destiny 2, and though it's coming later than we originally anticipated, we're excited to continue that journey with you. So I think it's interesting that they're going to try to support Season of Arrivals until November. I think that on one hand, it's great that they're not going to pressure their team into making new content before Beyond Light. And on the other hand, I think that we're just going to see a dip in Destiny activity, you know, because people are going to be like, well, I've done 
pretty much all I can do in season of arrivals and maybe, you know, put Destiny 2 on the digital shelf for like a month or something and try something else until Beyond Light arrives. But no surprise that pandemic is hard and Bungie's like, we need more time. Mm-hmm. And in case you missed it, I originally thought that there was going to be more Pokemon news later this week. That's <laughs> not true. But there, that Pokemon me, Go Fest is happening later this week. Um, so we can, you know, maybe if we get some information about how that goes on Thursday, we can add it to the show on Friday. And Dr. Disrespect spoke out about his ban, everybody, but he didn't say anything, really. He was just like, oh, yeah, no, they didn't tell me. And we're like, cool, so what's this interview about, really? Don't know. It's like an apology know, Did you tour. see, yeah, did you see <laughs> any of it? Brit, I just saw, stories? I saw a headline where he's... But I honestly didn't remember any of it because it's I, whatever. He's Dr. Disrespect. So can you give me like the TLDR? Basically. He's oh, like, yeah. The TLDR is like, oh, I don't know what happened, bro. I'm keeping my options open. I'm focused on the Champions Club. That was it. That's the TLDR. So, so. bizarre. Yeah. I mean, like, honestly. Bye, Felicia. Yep. Um, anyway, uh, Jeff Keighley went hands-on with the DualSense, the new upcoming controller for the PlayStation 5. Whoa, he sure did. I mean, like, <laughs> what do you say? It's a controller. It looks about as big as the DualShock 4, but slightly bigger. <laughs> I mean, it looks, I would say, significantly <laughs> bigger, actually, looking at some of these comparison photos. I'm have, maybe I should find the one on his Twitter. I'm sure he posted one on his Twitter profile, because I was oh, looking at a photo earlier. he posted, earlier. like, 40 photos of that controller yeah. on his Twitter. Yeah, he was, like, exclusive. Yeah. Hey, everybody, I got the exclusive. Oh, we heard. <laughs> it's like I, we know. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a... Sorry, it, go ahead, Mary. <laughs> oh. Wait. No, Britt, tell him. What, Wait, what's happening? What was the controller size? She's, like, got a controller ready to express. How big oh, is it? Okay. Oh, it's <laughs> no, it's. Uh, I, I'm looking at the PS4 control. The first, the the new one, DualSense, and yeah, it's it's much thicker. It's much more curved on the sides. Um, <clears throat> it looks clean. Uh, you know, I I have to say I am a fan though. I've never really been the biggest fan of the DualShock Four or the DualShock controllers in general. They uh, just kind of make my my old arthritic hands cramp up a bit. But I like the ergonomic look of the DualSense. I think it looks like it's going to be much more comfortable. And when you put them side by side, it looks like the button placements are all the same. Like where the D-pad is on the Dual on the DualShock, it's on the DualSense. But just like the body of it is just different. I like it. I like the look of it. I just want to see what the backside of this bitch looks like. This controller, well, in my opinion, is so crampy when you hold it for a long time. If this isn't in my hand, my hands are like this. This is so uncomfortable. I feel like it's always been uncomfortable. And I never cared for it. I've always, like, preferred the Xbox controller. Especially the old school Xbox controller. Like the 360, which was, like, really round and, like, let your hands not be, like, crunched up. Um, So, like, this yeah, I think I have one. It's good here. for me. The 360 controller to me was like the best. Oh, controller. I have an old one here. Look at this. Oh, you do. Nice. So, just, it's so comfy. You know, I have grab it. I have purchased games um, on a PC uh, so that I could use a gamepad instead of purchasing them on a PS4 because of this controller difference. Specifically, I have oh, chosen wow. a piece like well, also typically the graphic quality is higher. Uh, on PC, but I did it for the controller. 
it's for the controller. Yeah. This controller feels mm-hmm. good in your hand. This one's too small. So I like the fact that they addressed this. It's good. Mm-hmm. I have all these fucking yeah. controllers on my desk. Look at this one. This is a PS2 controller. Oh, look at that oh. old school controller. Because yeah, I play um, uh, Silent Hill on Thursday, so I've been playing that on the PlayStation 2. So, like, they've Isn't all been... three? They've been for tiny people. You have to have baby hands. You have to have tiny baby hands to play this. Um, excuse me. I have tiny baby hands, <laughs> and so I really enjoy that they're small. But... <laughs> <laughs> but I also really like I'm, I'm with you that to me like my favorite controller has been the Xbox 360 controller I like the technological advancements that the Xbox One controller made but I do hope that the Xbox Series X controller will finally do away with that battery pack mm. and just do USB charging only and for the love of God can one of the con- console makers please just make a wireless charging pad like, can we, like, integrate that somehow or sell it as a third-party accessory? I, something. <laughs> Say it again for the people in the back. Yeah. Can somebody make a wireless controller <laughs> charging pad? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a fan. How do you ladies feel about the white of the controller, though? I love it. Yeah. I love – I know that it's so divisive, but I'm, like, I'm I'm team black and white. I'm into it. I really like it, too. The thing is, I don't eat or anything while I play games. I don't have, like, grubby, nasty hands. So I'm not worried about getting, like, stuff on it. But it's just so – it looks so pretty. I don't know if I want to taint it. You know? Well, here's a, here's a pro tip, everybody. If you have things that you, you know, get finger grime on, like a controller – May I introduce you to your friend, the Mr. Clean Eraser Pad? Oh. Do you have sticky jam hands? <laughs> Ew. Wash them. Oh, oh. Yeah, first off, sorry. wash your hands. Condom pants Brit over here has a problem with jam hands. <laughs> Touche. I will shut I will shut up. I will sit down and shut up now. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Amazing. (laughs) Um, And on that note, let's (laughs) kind of wrap up the news segment for this week. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for hanging with us. We know it's been kind of a a twisty road. But now we're going to take a few of your questions in our Dear WGG segment. So as you guys have noticed, uh, we do have a couple of people that have just joined us. If you have on Twitch, welcome to the show. Uh, Mary Kish is here. And as I said at the very top of the show, she is the head of community marketing. So Mary, I was realizing that I don't really know what your job is or what you do. Neither do my parents. Uh, it's a weird job. Welcome. <laughs> I'm excited to do it. Uh, head of community marketing basically works on things that get the community, the Twitch community, to join together and have fun, to want to participate, and to learn about Twitch. So it's basically like about engaging and exciting and educating. Um, so some of the programs that we are like, what does that mean? Some of the programs we work on are holidays. So we run things like Halloween or Valentine's Day that make everybody um, have fun moments of romance or scares on stream. So like every Valentine's Day, we typically show like streamers who have proposed to their SIGs on stream, which is really cute. 
Um, and Halloween is typically like a scare fest and things like that. Uh, we also run all of our unity initiatives. So that's things like Black History Month, Women's History Month, and what's coming up next month, Hispanic Heritage Month. And what we do is we ensure that we are showcasing how amazing and diverse the platform is by showcasing streamers that identify with that background. Uh, we also run Pride, which just wrapped up, which was dope because you get all those Pride emotes if you participated in Pride. And then that money went towards um, like a Pride focused charity, uh, which was the Trevor Project this year. We love working with them because they um, help teens in need and, every, and basically anyone who is looking for someone to talk to. So it's really fun working on those programs. Um, and I also run meetups, which are kind of, it's hard to meet up right now, but if you were to, you could find a local meetup in LA or in uh, Portland and go meet up with other people who want to talk about video games. And we also run Creator Camp, which teaches people how to stream. I didn't know that you guys did meetups. Yeah, uh, meetups.twitch.tv. I mean, did. Hopefully we'll do again. Oh, my gosh. That's really that's really cool. Yeah, there's so many pride emotes in chat, and I have to say I just love them. So um, yes. you guys have the B. That's my favorite one. I love the B pride emotes. Um, but, yeah, we run, we run meetups. So if you go to meetups.twitch.tv, you'll see um, meetups in almost every city in the United States, but they're global. So we have meetups in London, and we have meetups in Germany. Um, and... Believe it or not, all of our international meetups are still, like, totally active and going on because they've dealt with everything perfectly and properly, and we're still kind of sussing it out. But you can do meetups online with people in your local area right now. So you can, like, basically do a digital meetup with everyone from Seattle, which is still fun. Wow. So Twitch is such a large audience. What's it like to try to wrangle an audience that large? It's difficult. It is like um, a joy to do things where everybody can get behind them. Like, for example, everyone rallies around pride. It's just something I feel like we can all agree is dope and like lovely and something we can all put our hearts into. It's hard to find those moments because our community is so big. Um, typically, almost anything we do, someone will be like, why did you do this? And it's like, why not? You know, why not yeah. do this? Why not try and celebrate? Not everybody is stoked, but I would say, like, generally speaking, when we do something like Valentine's Day, you get a lot of people who are really excited that they were featured or that they just feel like they got a little extra love. Um, and we even make up our own holidays because we're global. So, like, Amazing. this Saturday, we're doing Parents Day where we're going to feature a bunch of streamers who either have had their parents on stream or they are parents and they have their kids and stuff. And I think that's dope. Like, we don't do Mother's Day because it's different in America than it is in uh, Europe, right? So it's like different holidays. So we just celebrate it on our own accord. And if you guys aren't interested in Parents' Day, that's fine because we have other ones. But if you are, we can show you guys like really awesome streamers that have kids. And I think that's cool too. It's almost like you should let people celebrate things and be happy and love what they love. Huh. You are a prophet. The concept. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird concept, Mary. <laughs> You're speaking my language. Yeah, we uh, we try and appeal to as many people as possible, but the reality is is that not everything is for everybody, and that's okay, too. So if it's not your jam, hang out until next month. There'll be other cool things that we do because there's always something happening in the world that we want to celebrate. Oh, we do Pets Day. That's, like, next month, I think. Oh, what? If your pet is on stream, um, send me a clip of it. <laughs> 
Uh, there's definitely been plenty of moments where where Mav has been on stream, so much so that I had to make him an emote. Um, we do have Reb emotes as well, but Reb has never really made a stream appearance. He appeared on the show one time, or was it a Patreon stream? It's, he's, he's made a little appearances here and there where he thinks he can climb in my chair, and I'm like, no, your head is huge and your body is heavy. Get off of me. <laughs> it's true. In, in Britain's defense, Reb is giant and Mav is not. Your I mean, Reb, Reb Mav is, is so good. <laughs> we have handsome boys here at what's good games our pets are very very handsome <laughs> yeah i am i was conflicted because i wanted to do like a closer photo and i might even do a second one that's like zoomed in on mav's yeah. face but i wanted to get his ears yep. in and in order to get the ears in i had to kind of zoom the Zoom the face up, but yeah, the the dual reb emotes are Dude, the derp good. one is really good too. I love that, and I think like you're right. You can't. It's really restrictive because of the size and how big they can be. But I think zooming them in and just showing how like weird our pets are is really good. Um, Boots has my um, thick emote, which is um, I commissioned uh, my dog in booty jorts um, with his butt facing the camera, and like oh my that's god, hilarious. It's, Name is thick with two C's, so it's like booty jorts. Booty jorts. <laughs> Imagine the hardest's face when I was like, "That's correct." I said booty jorts. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a denim diaper, almost. <laughs> <laughs> Not with those thick cakes. He's popping out. <laughs> Um, oh my this is, god! This is hilarious. <laughs> I didn't know Frenchies were as known for their for their thick butts as, as I thought. Corgis like had the corner on the butt market. Yeah, they've had them. They've had their moment in the sun. I'll tell you that. But um, oh. my boy's uh, a thick chunker too. So there's enough butt love to go around to all of the animals. True. IMO. Yes, yes, I'm with you. I like it. Um, <laughs> so we do have a question from um, actually one of our awesome mods. So this is from Grizz, and um, he writes, For Mary, are there any tips for someone trying to get affiliated with Twitch who doesn't have a huge social following? And I thought that, that you would be the perfect person to answer this because I asked you this exact same question about what's good games. Yeah, you did. I mean, you do have a really wonderful social following and you guys have um, like just built this wonderful community. And so you have this great leg up because you have already you've been in the game for a really long time. And you um, your task was more of like, how do I transition? How do I like put them on a different platform, which is asking a lot of people who are already spending totally. their precious time with you. Um, to me, when you're talking about affiliate, you're not talking about money. You're talking about the precious resource of a human being's time. How do I convince someone to spend their time with me as opposed to anywhere else on the internet? People always ask, like, what's Twitch's, like, biggest competition? And my answer is typically Netflix. It's where are you spending your evening time? I like to spend it watching TV, and I also like to literally spend it watching people on Twitch. When I choose to watch new people, um, when I'm looking actively and seeking out new audiences, what I'm always looking for is like pretty much what everyone's always looking for. And I will tell you right now, it is someone who is 
always talking. They have something to say, whether it's about their day or about the clothes that they're wearing or about the game that they're playing or about like what they're looking forward to next week. They always have something to say and that they're engaged and interacting with chat because we're not a passive experience where you're watching a VOD on YouTube where you guys are here and I can literally say your name, right? I can like see Coder Chris and the whole point is that like when you guys talk to me, you can interact with what's going on here. You can change what we talk about. You can change the game. If everybody in chat all of a sudden just all wrote like, like, boo, get off the stage, like, boo, it prompts Andrea to be like, let's change the subject because this isn't going well, right? Or, but please don't write boo. boo. I'll banhammer the shit out of you. <laughs> Whoa. But like, if you say something that you like, it also changes the game. So chat isn't literally just watching you're involved in the experience and so Mm -hmm. to get to affiliate when you're starting your channel the main things that i say to you is ask your chat to participate reward them for participating even if it's like a couple people because that's still dope if i had two people in my room right now like where i was playing video games first i'd be like what are you doing in my house but afterwards i would be like check out this game (laughs) and we would talk about it together and two people is enough to do that it's enough to have a conversation and if there's no one then i talk to myself And I actively get used to being like, dang, Assassin's Creed, again, like, wild, it's the same. And you just enjoy that experience. (laughs) And if you can get into that, I think people, when they stop by, they'll stay. They'll be more likely to stay because they're talking to you and they're having experience with you as opposed to passively watching. So that's it. That's great advice. That is phenomenal advice. And the talking to yourself part was something that you and I had chatted about. And I am pretty comfortable doing a lot of extemporaneous speaking because of what I do for a living. But I know that the vast majority of creators on Twitch don't have my background, Mm -hmm. don't have on-camera training, don't have improv training or any kind of performance training whatsoever. They are just incredibly passionate about the content that they're streaming. And so sometimes getting yourself out of that shell and being comfortable just talking and maybe hearing the sound of your voice can be really tough for some creators, but you're such a great um, piece of advice in saying, even if nobody's watching, just keep practicing because the more you do it, the more comfortable you get. Brittany and I give that advice to people who come to us and are like, I want to start a podcast or I want to start a YouTube channel. Like, what do I do? How do I do it? And we're like, you can do it right now. Mm -hmm. Nothing's stopping you from starting Mm -hmm. literally today. And sometimes it's even better if you just start and you don't tell anyone you started. So you can kind of do a soft launch and you can practice and maybe you make your early videos private or maybe you don't and you go back and you watch from it and Like, that's such great advice for people who want to look into building a community on Twitch as well. Totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you guys, um, you guys have been, like, kind of built for this. And I remember having these conversations with Andrew where I was like, most of the time streamers have the opposite, um, uh, skill set that Andrea has. Andrea (laughs) is, like, a tried and true host. You could give her, like, a page of an intro and she'll memorize it and then say it on camera. And she won't skip a beat. A lot of streamers cannot do that. They have no hosting experience. But you put them on a stream and they're gregarious and they're funny and they're having a good time and they're interacting with chat and they're like uh, reading subs and donos and they're just doing it all really, really well. And Andrea was like, "Um, I will read this script, but what else do I need to do, right? And it's like there's Mm -hmm. multiple things that you have to do based on the platform that you're on. And you guys have adapted like super well. You're killing it. It's really awesome to see your chat being very interactive and enjoying 
like what's happening. So it's a, it's a really good balance and you basically have just added additional skills into your giant bag of skills that you have. It's a big bag. It's a big, big old bag. Big old bag of skills. <laughs> yeah, I want a big, I want the biggest bag. Yeah, I will keep the making the bag bigger. Advice to you and just to kind of tap all that off is, and be patient with yourself too. Yeah. This isn't something, you know, I, I still consider myself to be mostly an introvert unless I'm like around my people. You know, I'm pretty quiet. I'm really, really chill. I'm very like go with the flow. But now that I've been doing this for so long, it's like second nature. You know, I could be having the worst day possible, but you get me in front of a camera to do something with what's good or whatever. And my mood just brightens up because it's like my mentality just automatically goes into like hosting mode or co-host or something where it's like, okay, this is like second nature now. And it's kind of a learned skill and something that I've never had any professional anything you know this is just something that i kind of learned to do because i love to do it but yeah just be patient and it'll get easier with time my very first video i ever shot for youtube for, for example i had to take like three shots beforehand and i would record like every 30 seconds stop and rewatch it to see what i said and then i would edit it then i would continue recording for another 30 seconds stop and splice it all together I love that. it's been a, it's been a journey but you know we all have to start somewhere so. i love that indeed you guys should um, watch well, all Mary- your old VODs one time. I would watch that. Oh, dude. I've done that. Like your originals? <laughs> like your firsts? I'd love to see oh, yeah. like Andrea's like first interview ever, which I'm sure you have somewhere on the internet. It's, My first uh, interview ever? I honestly don't know if I still have it because... I did my first interviews before digital video was really a thing. <laughs> Aren't you lucky? <laughs> true, true, true statement, though. A lot of my like really old videos just like are probably lost on an, on an SD card or actually on a DV tape. <laughs> DV They're tape, probably on a mini DV tape. That's Mary. some reality for you. But I mean, like even if you go back to like your first, like your oldest one, you can find on the internet. Mine is like yeah. from Gamespot six years ago, and you can see how deers and like deer in the headlights I am when they're like, let's go to Mary for the recap. And I'm like, <laughs> my eyes are so wide and I don't know how to process any information. And it's obvious that I've like panicked. Like that was the nicest way to put it. But it's funny, like, you know, you come a long way just by doing it, literally just by existing. That's it. By That's hitting the only stream, way. You're getting better. Yeah. yeah. That's the only way. Don't beat yourself Snaps. up. Snaps. Exactly. Talk, talk to yourself in a positive voice. That's the thing that I've been, my mantra I've been saying throughout pandemic. Um, well, Mary, this has been absolutely a joy. You are wonderful. Thank you so much for joining Brittany and I on the show today. Uh, we didn't quite get as much time as I would have liked to talk about your personal Twitch channel, but please let everybody know where they can follow you, where they can watch you stream. You had mentioned that you're doing Silent Hill Thursdays, but you do a bunch of other stuff in your channel too. Yeah, yeah. I play um, I play typically stream three times a week right now, so I stream on Mondays and that's my time to play either indie games or platformers or honestly anything I feel like playing. Today I'll be playing Ooblets. Um, oh, nice. Yes. Tuesday is Resident Evil Day. So I played through every Resident <laughs> Evil plus all of the like random ones, like Code Veronica. <laughs> I'm speaking Brit's language. I know. Uh, and so we're obviously waiting for the next Resident Evil to come out. So um, because I've already played all the other ones, we're playing through Dead Space right now, just as like a filler until um, the next Resident Evil comes out. So I've been, I finished Dead Space <sighs> 1 and we're on Dead Space 2. It's going fairly well. I've killed many necromorphs, and uh, I will continue to try 
to kill them. <laughs> uh, and then on Thursdays, I play uh, through the Silent Hill series. So we've played through the numbered series. Um, we just finished uh, Homecoming. This is the one I just finished on the PlayStation uh-huh. 2. And I think Origins is next. Um, but what we did last time, I don't know if you guys saw this, but... Dead by Daylight had a DLC that was Silent Hill, and you could play as uh, Pyramid Head. So we played that last week, which was crazy fun. Oh, nice. I murdered I know that Dead by Daylight has a pretty active streaming community, and Zombie Kill says... I cringe. Oh, no, not that one. She says, y'all, she's amazing. She screams a lot, though, so volume down. Yeah. (laughs) They are scary games, and I don't have, like, too much of, like, a filter, so they're definitely PG-13, and you want to make sure that your headphones are loose. So, yeah. Come find me. I'm uh, Mary Kish. It's my name, just spelled M-E-R-R-Y. So, enjoy. I'm always around, and I really appreciate you guys having me. You guys have um, top-notch tier guests on every 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 episode and you guys make wonderful content i'm stoked to hear that andrea is going uh to be back on kind of funny games because i missed you on that show i think you're a wonderful addition oh, to thank that you team. so it felt like it was only a matter of time before they brought you back but congratulations and i look forward to seeing more of you guys' stuff as you make it Thank you. Um, we'll put all of Mary's links in the show notes. So if you guys are like, where were those links again? If you missed it, just you know, hit that um, description. Uh, whether you're watching here on Twitch or, of course, listening on podcasts or later, of course, at YouTube.com slash What's Good Games. All right. That is going to do it for our show for today. We will be back with all of the streams throughout the week and for the show on Friday. Until then, have a great week, everybody. Bye.